Hey there. Welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson. That's Nathan Fox. Together we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. Today we have an email from Jonathan. Says, hello, Ben and Nathan. As a DACA recipient and hypothetically speaking, if I am able to get a great LSAT score, will I even be able to get a full ride scholarship due to my status? For some context, I already have my undergrad degree and have been working with LSAT Demon Basic for about a month now. I plan on applying for this next cycle, hopefully getting accepted to start law school in fall of 2023. I should have probably gotten an answer to this question a lot sooner, but I would love to get through law school without having to pay a dime as you both advise. Thank you both for your help. Both of your approaches on the podcast made LSAT Demon feel much more personal than Uh, another prep company, which is why I chose to stick with you all. Best regards, Jonathan. Um, You know much about DACA? DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Uh, It's a policy that protects around 800,000 young people known as dreamers who enter Mm -hmm. the United States unlawfully as children. Uh, At least that's a definition of it that I got from the internet. So we know it must be 100% 100% impervious from any kind of critique. <laughs> yes, that is that is the truth right there. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know a lot about DACA, but I mean, you got through undergrad. I don't see how scholarship money would be tied to that status. Um, I, I could see how maybe federal loans might be or something like that. Again, I have no idea, and presumably they're not, but... It's hard for me to see how scholarships, which are really just discounts, right? You're just not paying (laughs) as much as someone else would be tied to that status. The thing, though, here is just to pick up the phone and call the school. It's an easy question. It's a five-minute conversation, and you will probably learn way more than you will email all sorts of people or Googling. Keep in mind that you're going to be talking to basically a salesperson who may or may not give you advice that is like actually in your best interest. We've talked about this a lot on the show before, but, or the, both of our podcasts before, but you know, the, the admissions folk, their interests are really not aligned with yours. They, they want you to apply to their school today. Yeah. And you know, it, they're, they're gonna, it's just, just like a car salesperson. I'm not judging, but I'm saying that the car salesperson, you know, their job is not to help you find the perfect value for you. Their job is to get you to buy one of their cars yeah, as soon as possible. Yep. And that's how, that's how these admissions people operate you're calling the sales department of the school when you call the admissions office <laughs> they're like let me transfer you, you to sales okay great no it is how can it, i help you is, yep how can i it is the sales department and they're and so they wear the clothes of you know a consultant who is here to help applicants and the message that they're going to try to give you is you know we want you to be the best very best applicant you can be and it's like Oh, really? Yeah. That's just like you want me to be the very best car buyer I can be, (laughs) which is the person who buys a car today. Like that's what you that's ultimately what they want. So I don't know. I mean, I I 100 percent agree. Call. Um, 
maybe not just the admissions offices though right like i feel like you might be able to get in touch with alums somehow who have this daca status sure you could call the school and ask for hey i'd love to talk to someone who is a daca recipient and a graduate of your school or currently there yeah here here's the thing about calling right and i want people to develop this muscle <laughs> To just call. pick up the phone and call. Yeah, and I the, agree. Let, let, let me just tell a quick aside here. This weekend, right? Um, I went to went I went to visit one of my best friends from high school, and we went down to Southern Utah to Arches National Park. Nice. And on the way there, this is my total fuck up. But um, on the way there, we're like an hour away. We've been driving for two and a half hours, <laughs> and uh, down from Salt Lake, and. I'm like, oh, wait, this park requires a permit. So I knew some other places required a permit, but we had, we didn't get those. We didn't win those lotteries. So we were just operating under the assumption that Arches didn't require a permit. Oh, no. And I was like, I was like, oh, geez. Like, what we're going to, we're going to come all this way and then kind of like hang out in Moab, which is the town just outside of Arches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still, the place is extraordinarily beautiful. Even the highway drive is like amazing. Yeah. But anyways, we get down there and we're like, okay, well, hey, there's a there's a tourist place. So we we go into the tourist place and we're talking to the lady at the front desk and we're telling her our situation. And she's just like, oh, yeah, well, you could go after 5 p.m. They don't require permits after five. And it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And we're like, what? Like I was scouring the Internet. I was going to buy a camping permit and try to get in. <laughs> through that you know but the campsite was just outside of moab and the one inside of or sorry outside of arches and the one in arches was sold out and i don't know we were just trying all these things and then you know they just they just kept spilling information like n not even they're they're not even answering questions that we were asking we're we're talking about one thing and someone mentioned something about something that's going on over here and you're like wait tell me more about that and it's just like, bam, bam, bam. And the weekend turned out to be great. We went and saw it and we went in. We we timed right when you should get into the line. There's a long line, you know, these days for all these things. Right when we could get in and still get to the gate after five. And then we went in and there wasn't anybody there. We got a parking spot. Everybody was saying online, oh, you can't find a parking spot. I don't know. It kind of worked out like for the best. But <laughs> long and short of this is talk to people, right? Like I'm scouring the internet in the car while my friend is driving and it's like i had all the time in the world to find whatever it is i was looking for and i didn't find it you talked talk to, to someone. the right person who actually knew something yeah kids it is true kids these days love to just use the internet and and they think that everything is going to be there but on the internet you get like outdated information yeah mm -hmm. wrong information and not they don't publish all of the secret whatever's yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, figure out a way to connect yourself to the people who actually know what they're talking about. Jonathan went a nice first step here by talking to us, Yeah, you know, but we're also not like, this is not a thing that I know anything about. I mean, I can tell you, I've never heard anybody say that they think that they got discriminated against because of DACA status. Mm -hmm. And surely I have worked with dozens or hundreds of DACA, um, folk in my time doing yeah. this. Yeah, it it doesn't stand to reason that they would discriminate against DACA for any reason. Right. I mean, if he's asking specifically about about scholarships, 
I don't think that these scholarships are actually funded. I don't I don't think that they're real. Right. They're yeah, all they yeah. are is the school choosing not to charge you money. Yeah. If this was like a pool of money that was coming from some, you know, if it was like coming from and, and, and it might be the case that like Alabama, state of Alabama, whatever. Right. I could mm-hmm. see like I could see funds that are coming from the state of Alabama mm. where they would be like, no, no, not allowed to use this money on, you know, <laughs> if you're not a pure, purebred, born and bred American then yeah. you can't use this money. I could see Mississippi or whatever doing that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. these, the, the scholarships are mostly just discounts, uh, as you've said, Ben, all, mm-hmm. sometimes all the way up to and including a hundred percent discount. And there's no, there's no, they're doing it because they want your LSAT. Yep. But they're doing it because they want to raise their medians, because if they raise their medians on their 509 reports, it will raise their ranking in us news. It's a very simple game. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're going to lie or they're not going to like really explain it to you that starkly, but that's what they're doing. They want to raise their medians because they want to raise their ranking in U.S. news. And DACA has nothing to do with that. U.S. news doesn't give a shit about DACA. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's going to be so great, Jonathan, if you decide to call. And if anyone else decides to call, even if you're not a DACA recipient, you got to keep in mind what Nathan said. You're going to be talking to a sales rep who's trying to sell you moldy cheese right but you got (laughs) you got to realize too that as you're talking to them random things are going to come out that are not necessarily in their interest and if you're a savvy listener and you call a few schools i'm sure the exercise will be helpful just uh be careful yeah that you don't get be careful talking to these people i i mean they they're professionals they yeah. and they're going to seem super, super friendly. They're going to be, you know, asking you about your mom and dad and where you're from and your whole story. And they're going to be giving you all kinds of attention and sympathy. And they're just, you know, they're they're professional. They're but I mean, they're also fucking sleaze bags in some cases. Like I the the person who ultimately convinced me to go to Hastings, I mean, they that was extremely sleazy what they did. This I'll never forget it because, you know, that that he like looked at me with great concern and it was like a tisk tisk kind of a, you know, boy, I just and law school is a transformative experience and uh, you're not really going to let money be part of your decision, are you? like he said it as if he had great concern for me Mm. and you know and then once you go to the school they never fucking talk to you again they they give you like almost no support the admissions office of course gives you zero support but even like the career services and everything they don't give a fuck you're you're already there yeah you're already paying full full freight and they don't they don't care and they the, it's a business. They want your money. And, it's a business uh, in a very expensive item, right? It's it's like anyone's. I mean, even real estate agents, they're selling expensive items, but they're only getting one and a half percent of that six percent, right? <laughs> commission or whatever. Well, I mean, they're getting that they're getting 25 percent of that six percent, but or something like where that. Where are you getting 25 percent? Uh, well, because a lot of real estate agents, right? They're in a, they're in a, 
a firm and so the firm oh, is getting half and I so see. then so they're getting like even less than the the three percent or their half of the six percent well so real it's estate like agents have repeat customers yeah. real estate agents can't be totally sleazy because they live in the community and they want they want also to have they want your business when you just turn around and sell the house five ten twenty years later or you know they want your referral to a friend they they at least have some like repeat business, but law schools, I mean, they're selling you a thing that you're only going to buy once. Yeah. And they, I, I don't know. I, I know good people in admissions. Um, and you know, a I, good person in admissions. That's cool. That's good. A good person. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm messing. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, I mean, it, it but yeah, it, it's, I just, yeah, be careful. Pick up the phone though. Talk to him. Just yep. be on your guard. Just play the same game, right? Just don't, don't yeah. walk into it and, and get swept away by their, their one line yeah. that you hadn't heard before. Hey, speaking of talking to people, uh, this is probably a good place to shout out our free class coming up on Saturday, May 21st. It's called how to get a law job you love with Rachel Gezerse. Mm-hmm. She's an attorney down in LA. She's also a uh, adjunct professor at USC law school. And, um, she is the queen of networking. So, uh, that's Saturday, May 21st, 10 AM Pacific, 1 PM Eastern. All you need is a demon free account. And it's a, it's like a how to network and, uh, yeah, kids these days in today's like hyper-connected, uh, online world seem to, we know that they're really reluctant to pick up the phone and like actually reach out to people. Um, Rachel's, I don't know that she's going to force you to use the telephone, but she is going to teach you how to send cold emails to, uh, attorneys who are practicing in the areas that you might be interested in. And she's a big supporter of the idea that you can actually start your legal job hunt now while you're still studying for the LSAT. You can get yourself a big leg up on, uh, your competitors by networking your way into jobs uh, right away and, uh, come to that class. Cause you'll, you'll start learning how to do it. Speaking of career services, um, in response to this whole thing with Rachel, we got an email. Uh, I don't know if it's on the agenda anywhere, but we got an e- we got an email from one of our uh, recent LSAT alums who's about to start law school this fall. Mm. And he thought it would be a good idea to reach out to career services at, and tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm starting uh, your law school this fall. And I just wanted to get a head start on my um, job searching hmm. for the summer and beyond. And so I was hoping that you could connect me to some alums in my areas of interest. And uh, the career services wouldn't give him an appointment. Wow. I, you know, as you were saying that, <laughs> I was actually thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm almost, I almost wonder if that's an interview question you should give to the schools you're considering. Can I start using career services right away? Yeah. Say, hey, um, I'm so looking forward to coming here. I just want to kind of get a jump start on my, you know, careers, my job search. Can you help me out or connect me with someone there? And if that, you know, they transfer you and then the transfer doesn't go well. It's like you're getting transferred to a department that sucks. Uh, maybe that's a reason not to go there. Yeah, that's know. what you're going to get. I, yeah. I mean, in my my experience, career services at Hastings was fucking worthless. It was worthless. It was like, 
hey, here's a whole bunch of binders. Look through look through these yeah. binders of outdated, you know, there's shit in there like from eight years ago. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, and then you try to reach out to that person. And it's like, oh, they don't work in that area anymore. Or, oh, they don't participate in this program. They're burned anymore. out. And it's they like, don't. Yeah, they're not interested in talking what to the I'm like sitting there for hours paging through these binders looking for somebody who's, you know, interested in or who's working in the fields that I'm working in. Yeah. They just didn't give a fuck, man. They were there. They were there to appear to be doing to be assisting. Hmm. but it was a hundred percent on the students. They just they weren't, it's a, it was a farce. I mean, it was like, hmm. anyway, yeah, be, be real careful. Cause of course they, you know, they, Oh, we have a robust career services department and they have all these programs fully staffed. <laughs> yeah. Fully staffed. And then you like go actually try to make use of the services and you just get fucking stymied. It's not wow. surprising. Anyway, it's on hmm. you, right? I mean, it's on it's on us. It's on our students. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a fuck about you. You have to make it happen. You have to make it happen. And one way to start figuring out how to make it happen is to come to this uh, yes. session with Rachel Gezer. Say you just need a demon free account. The sign up is lsat.link forward slash Rachel. Again, lsat.link forward slash Rachel. Uh, I'm learning stuff from Rachel all the time. And so I would be shocked if you did not go there and learn a lot about what you can do. Here's one thing to keep in mind. One reason that older folks do better in the job market is not just because they have more experience. Yeah, that's helpful. But a lot of it also just comes from their network. You know, they need to do something. They know somebody. When you're younger, you just have a smaller network. Learn how to build it. Anyways, anything else for Jonathan? Nope. Wrap it up. Okay. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 